Hi, everybody. I'm Deborah Vick. I'm from Morgan Hill. Um, you can find me at, at Instagram at Crafts on Wheels. And thank you so much, Ming. I really appreciate you interviewing me today because it's such an important mission for me that I want to share these stories with people. So I really do appreciate you bringing this up to the forefront for people to see. I'm trying to even out so there's not shadow on the other side of me. <laughs> I like, oh. So now I get to feel what it's like when my friends are like, the lights are so bright. Move them out of the way. You're lit up. <laughs> <laughs> I can warm them down a little bit. Let's see. Oi, I'm still looking right in that way. Oh, I like it. Oh, okay. It's, it's weird. It's, you know, it's very odd for me to be on this side of the lights. It really is. I'm glad <laughs> it connected, though. What? I said, I'm glad we connected. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm glad we're doing this because I was worried. Because I have to head out soon, so. Okay. So we have about 20, 30 minutes. So I think that's more than of what we need. Yeah. I mean, it's just a start, right? Because we're trying to communicate. Can you see me? Like, oh, like, I don't know how much. Yeah, I see your full screen. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, obviously, the biggest thing to get across, right, is that people with disabilities have values. And we have... Wait, 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 hold on. Are we getting into it already? No, I'm just saying that's what my ultimate goal is to, to express, right? That's what I want to get across. Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're, you're going into it already. Let's, let's start okay. from the beginning. <laughs> Sorry, it's just like... You introduce your name and everything. It's because it's come up recently with I know, TV shows just, and so like excited. all these different things kind of coming together. It's been kind of a, kind of building up to this lately. Wait, hold up. So it's Never. kind of like... Let's introduce the, the let's introduce the you, the viewers. Hold on a second, you're too fast. Are we live? Because I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, no, 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 we're not live. Okay. We should do we should do a live session. That would be cool. I never did a live before, but that would be cool. It would be. I mean, for people to ask questions, because one thing is that not all disabled people are open to be asking answering questions, right? Whereas I don't care. <laughs> the New Yorker, me. Maybe one day, maybe one day we'll do live. Okay. Alright, let's begin. <laughs> hey, how are you guys? This is Ming coming by Chan, and today we're doing a special Zoom meeting session with Deborah Fix. Deborah, introduce yourself. Um, we met at San Francisco, and we couldn't make this meeting happen. That's why we're doing um, a Zoom session right now, so we could, you know, still do this interview um, mobile. So, Deborah, introduce yourself before we get into everything. <laughs> We have a lot to say today. I know, I always have a lot to say. Hi everybody, I'm Deborah Vick. I'm a native New Yorker. I'm actually a transplant into California right now. And yes, uh, I met Ming in San Francisco. I was actually there for a Global Genes program for a Rare on the Square for advocacy for people with rare diseases. That's kind of where we started communicating together. Yeah, and you do a lot of cool stuff. Like you're, you're, you have your own foundation. You're creating. Look at the back. Look at the background. It all arts and crafts stuff. All my crafts. <laughs> well, as I run into my station, um, I do card making, uh, jewelry making, rosaries, bookmarks, all sorts of things that I've been creating. Trying to use my crafts as a way to not only be art therapy for my bad days where I can't get out of bed, and to be able to help other people, but to also help fundraise and create programs for inclusive activities for people with disabilities. So originally it started as a means for thanking people for donations for my Mycenae Gravis run raiser last year. And then it expanded when I wanted to try to raise funds to get an all-terrain wheelchair for the scouting community because I'm an active scout leader of um, going in my eighth year and it's not very accessible for outdoor programs. So I ultimately wanted to get that really awesome action track 
tank share for the scouting community. And then it further expanded as we started realizing how many more inclusive activities we really need to do for youth and education awareness. I mean, one of the things I faced growing up was a lot of bullying and exclusion. And I really want to change that. So through helping raise funds to help us go out and do more programming is the goal of my company. And hopefully we're going to become a nonprofit soon to be able to be able to raise more funds for programs like that. And you're showing people that even though you're, ex you're disabled, you can still do what you need to do. Right. I mean, it's, um, I have to say a couple of things. One, I have to keep on my norm changes, not just daily, but hourly, sometimes minute to minute. And I keep on having to adjust what I do. I mean, the crafts that I did when I was, you know, 16, being able to crochet, knit, needlepoint, all that kind of stuff, I can't do. I have to keep on adapting. Even the bracelets that I make, I've had to adapt new ways of making them and working with different types of techniques. And actually the Kumima board, because I can't do the macrame as well anymore. So finding ways to still do something. I mean, I can't draw like I used to, but I use stamps and I do watercoloring with those stamps, you know? So I try to keep on finding ways to move forward. And it's beneficial for both parties, right? People receiving my, my cards makes them feel a value. And me being able to make something for somebody makes me feel a value, you know? And so ultimately we want to encourage people with disabilities who may not be able to get out of bed to still be able to do something because all our brains still function, right? Even if our bodies don't want to work with us, which on many cases may be my you know, average day, it doesn't work with me and it's different for everybody depending what your disorders are, but there's still somebody inside of us that still wants to do something. And a lot of places don't give us that ability to use that creativity. So it's ultimately one of our goals is to pair people up who want to create something to be able to give it to somebody else who needs something, like people in the hospital who are spending months on hand in the hospital or just having bad days. I'm on a lot of list groups right now. I'm sort of <laughs> dating myself here for listservs, but Facebook groups who have a lot of bad days. Someone who's receiving cards on a regular basis, it means all the things to them. Even the other day I did it, you know, on instead of mailing it to somebody, because I had like four or five friends having a bad day, I did a journal coloring page and I shared it with those people and it did cheer them up. So, I mean, I knew that it happened to help me too because I was in a lot of pain that particular moment, but it also cheered them up too. So finding ways to keep moving forward is, I guess, one of my always models, you know, keep rolling forward, keep pushing forward. Do you have your own group or you're, you're joined with, um, you're joined this other group? Do you have your own so, Facebook group? I have my own Facebook page and I also have my Crafting for a Crafting for Cause page. I like that. Right, thank you. And then I'm also involved with numerous groups for LRS Download Society, for Dysautonomia, for My Senior Gravis, and then a smaller group, My Senior Gravis, with um, ADS, because that's pretty rare to have both of those disorders. Do you want me to share with the others so I can link it below? Yeah, sure. I mean, these are all organizations that are there to help people with chronic pain, you know, and one of the things that I originally joined Facebook a couple of years, three years back to share my wedding dance. My wedding right. Dance, right? Yeah, share that too. I really like that. I watched it when I was in San Francisco. You showed it to me. And that was why I originally joined Facebook was to get votes for my dance because it was a competition, right? Yeah. And then I realized that there were so many people who were responding to me and were very empowered by what I was doing. And then I realized that was a whole other avenue of empowering people. And that was a really great aspect for it because there were so many youth and young people who don't have someone to look up to. I'm not saying they're looking up to me, but to see somebody still doing something, right? My life is nowhere where I planned for it. I mean, 30 years ago, I expected to be in DC right now as a Congresswoman and hopefully running for President of the United States at some point. So this was not the career path that I ever expected for myself. 
And so one of the things I try to teach people, it's okay to be sad with what you've lost, but to not dwell on it because you can still use whatever skills you were gonna use for that particular goals and dreams and avenues and road to go somewhere else, right? I mean, my ability to advocate, my ability to public speak, my ability to go in front of people and not be nervous about sharing my story. I get nervous about sharing my story, but not not to be held holding it back has been an, has been an asset. I mean, yeah. I'm Rihanna Square. I had to do something really out of my out of my comfort zone of going up to strangers and going, "Hey, do you want to hear my rare story?" I mean, it was a little bit. No, like, that's why when I heard it, I was like, "Hey, I have to do this <laughs> video with you to show the world that this is, um, you know, you're doing what you do. You gotta do. You know what I'm saying? So like, you yeah, know, I, about I, there traveling, you know, like with, with Peter, <laughs> the, the dog. <laughs> I mean, he's a little over there. Um, he's, he has his best on, so he thinks he's going outside right now. So he's with the door for me. Um, so for those but, who don't know, Peter is the guide dog. He's my service dog. Peter, come here, boy. Peter? Yeah, he's, uh, I think he's, uh, he's okay. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm actually out of bed, he's usually up on the landing. You know, if I'm, oh, here he comes. <laughs> if I'm in bed, he doesn't leave my side. Come here, beautiful. Say hello. Come here. Come on. Up. Here. Yeah, you can go, my baby. Come on. Peter, you got it. I can't see you. Don't say on. hi. Come here, baby. Okay, Peter. Come on. Come here. Come. Peter, eyes on me. You're not the squirrels out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's the treats? Bestest buddy. Of course. If I'm in the house, he'll be. Um, if I'm upstairs, he won't leave my side. Because if I'm upstairs, that means it's having a bad moment, bad day, or bad pain. And so he'll. Oh, okay. He can sit through Doctor Too Little without barking, but he can't. But there's a squirrel outside that tortures him. <laughs> Is everything you're wearing you made them? I did. So um, yeah, I have, I'm wearing lots of things right now. But so I started with a lot of my My Intent stuff. So I'm sure many people know what My Intent is, but if you don't, the concept is choosing a motivating word that helps inspire you and helps remind you of a positive mindset. So I have a couple of different ones, like this one's Hope. Um, and I have another one that says Persevere. And I come. I also do a lot of work with, with beat work. So I combine some of my, my, uh, my intent. Wow, I didn't even see these. These are nice. All right, thank you. on your website. You say it's on your website, right? Yeah, and so these I'm just starting to make for next month is uh, Rare Disease Week. Well, Rare Disease Month, but the last week of February is Rare Disease Week, and Rare Disease is represented by the zebra stripes. Uh, concept behind it was that they were told, doctors a long time ago told your hoof friends look for the horse, not the zebra. Since zebras are, are rare and their stripes are never the same, it became a symbol for rare disease. So uh, the zebra also represents Ehlers-Danlos too. 
So I've been trying to make some different things for stripes because National Organization for Rare Disease is encouraging us to wear our stripes next month to bring more awareness to rare diseases. And at the end of the next month, I'm going to go to DC for Rare Disease Week. And oh, so you're coming to the East Coast? Are you, do you I am for the first time in like two decades. Are you going to plan to come visit New York too? That would probably be a little bit too much. Uh, it's already pretty crazy to go to DC right now. My family thinks I'm a little bit insane. Um, it's a little bit much for me. I, I know last couple years ago when I traveled just to Las Vegas, I had a problem. So it's going to be pushing it. I'm hoping people, anybody on the East Coast who I've hung out with from Alpha Phi Omega and all my friends, come visit me. You know, I can't drive, so hopefully people can come, you know, caravan down to me. Also, the Reef Foundation, which I'm a rep for, um, a volunteer advocate for, they're also having their first conference there as well the same week. So I'll kind of be hopping between the two things, kind of doing some for both of them. Uh, and so it should be interesting. <laughs> Wait, let's backtrack a little. How did this all begin? Like, how, what, what year did you start this? So for me, it's been progressive. Um, my first disorder with Ehlers-Danlos, so there's 13 different types of Ehlers-Danlos. And I have, at least I have a mobility version. I don't know if I have any of the other ones. There's kind of a lot of times overlapping, but some people may be fine and never trigger anything. My case, I was in seventh grade. I was in the triple jump, landed in the pit. My legs went forward, my knees went backwards and I dislocated them at the same time. And I was in crutches from then on. We started doing knee surgeries in high school, you know, kind of hoping to wait like out. And, you know, if, and also my dad being a coach knows that you need to kind of have your bones grow a little bit more before you start doing permanent surgeries. Uh, none of the surgeries worked. The doctor should have clued in that something wasn't too kosher when I had full range of motion after each knee surgery, including one of the surgeries where they cut the tendon and cut the bone with the attached tendon and moved it over an inch. And I had a full range of motion after open knee surgery. Um, that shouldn't have happened. And they never diagnosed me. And because I wasn't diagnosed when I went to college, even though I had an electric scooter, I also worked out with weights, do wheelchair, basketball, and other adaptive sports. Wait, you went to you went to the less, uh, you went to SUNY Albany, right? For two years, yeah. and then I went to my East Coaster before this. <laughs> yes, I mean SUNY Albany was my dream school. I was in the three plus three program. I was involved in student government there. I think in my by the end of my first freshman year, I was already in the women's issues. I had I was already had an office in student government, and I was an assistant director in the women's issues office. So I was already actively involved in Albany, and I already was set up to kind of go in my career in politics like back then. I'd already started internships and things like that when I was in high school. So and in with National Women's Political Caucus in Long Island. So I was all set for what I wanted and Albany was my dream school. Right. I fought tooth and nail to leave Albany, but unfortunately I couldn't function. Sorry, I get emotional. It was really hard. I had to leave Albany. That was probably one of the hardest things. I had to leave my family, friends and everybody. My dad literally caravaned me out, had to drop me off and turn right back home again. Cause at the same time, my mother had been diagnosed with cancer. I mean, she's okay now, but so she he literally dropped me off got me set up in an apartment and drove back east. So I was all by myself when I came out to the University of Arizona. It was definitely a, a culture shock as well. Right. As, you. I mean, it was, it, York, was new, it was all new for me. <laughs> new York and Tucson are way different in uh, both the schools were different in terms of academia and what expectations. I mean, I hadn't seen, you know, I mean, now there's anything wrong with multiple choice tests. The student in Albany was all written, you know, we didn't have you know multiple choice tests in Albany, it's all blue books, right? And then University of Arizona was very different. And of course it's fast paced talking, you know, stubborn New Yorker <laughs> in, <laughs> in a small town of Tucson was definitely, well it's not such a small town, but it was definitely a, a much slower pace and it was 
definitely a culture shock for a while. Um, from language to attitude, you know. Hey, you made it though. <laughs> now People tell me intimidating. I would like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, in the wheelchair, what am I gonna do when you over? I mean, you know, the people that they still found it intimidating that I had to learn how to, and I'm still working on it, to change the way I talk or approach something so that people don't feel what I'm saying is a demand or a request, but you know, a point of view and still open for, to hear their point of view. So that was definitely a challenge. And, and you have uh, articles out also, right? You said you show me a couple articles. Can yeah. you tell us about us? Like when they link below, they know what it is. So one of them is a proclamation to my family on uh, decided on me awareness month last year. And I wrote the article because being a stubborn New Yorker, I always push myself many times past my limits. And that's how I've always been. And I didn't realize the impact that it was taking on my children. You know, because for me, if I push myself, I do pass out or I may pass out. Or I may end up in an ambulance. I may end up, you know, crashing for like a week. And I hadn't really considered how hard that is for my kids when they were seeing that happen. And so I had happened to make a comment to the doctor and I thought one of my younger children had PTSD where my other child turned around and goes, well, I do too. And it's because you don't, you push yourself too much, don't ask for help. And then, you know, we see you pass out. I mean, it got to the point where I was passing out so often that when they saw ambulances at places that they were supposed to pick me up, they were all automatically assuming that it was for me, you know, automatically betting it was for me. I mean, most of the time it wasn't, sometimes it is you know i mean even when i was in san francisco the first thing my nine-year-old was saying to me i got on the phone is are you alive and then are you in the hospital i mean it was like and those were the order of things and then got to read to him a story good night tonight you know i'll see if this thing to me read to him on the phone uh but it was a challenge it's, so i made the decision to realize i had to learn how to agree to work towards pacing myself i mean all three of my major disorders say pace yourself and avoid stress which is definitely not an easy challenge being a parent uh, but they all say that and that pace yourself has always been kind of like an, not in my vocabulary kind right. of an evil word in my vocabulary and so it was really a promise to my children to try to learn to at least try to pace myself and learn when to stop or try make an effort towards that thing. And, which I did last week I wanted really badly to go to a conference uh, in, in Arizona and I was really tempted and I almost booked a plane and I realized how exhausted I already was so I didn't I decided to be big. You were, you were, when you were in San Francisco, you were at a conference, right? I was. So I had just finished Morgan, Morgan a Leadership Conference, a retreat, and then I went up to San Francisco for Bear on the Square with the Global Jeans because I wanted to do some advocacy up there. So um, I had already been pushing myself quite a lot there. And in fact, the last day trying to get back up to the, the uh, Union Square, I had a challenge. I started looking for anybody who had JP Morgan badges on to start asking for help to get pushed up. What anybody else would have thought, not a, not that difficult hill, but at that point I was so fatigued and drained, that hill was like Mount Everest. And I knew I wasn't gonna get up it. So I had to learn, you know, one of the hardest things is learning to ask for help, right? And realize you need help and then learning to ask for help. And I finally got to the point, I just started looking, okay, this guy's got a suit, they got a name tag on, let me ask if they're going the same direction. And then I ended up getting a couple of different people pushing me up towards the direction. And I eventually got there. <laughs> Yay. So what's, a little up, bit. so what's up? Uh, when, wait, when are you going to Washington? You said, when are you going to be? Uh, so February 24th through 28th is rare disease week. So I'll probably go there a couple of days earlier so that I have a little bit of recovery time. Um, if anybody want to visit, I'm going to link information below. And if anybody wants bracelets, totally. Especially because we want to fundraise to get some people. We have a number of advocates. See, I'm having a hard time speaking. 
we have been we have a number of advocates that want to go to DC and we're all on wait lists for stipends. And you know, it's not obviously cheap to get tickets or obviously. You know, I'm gonna be in an Airbnb. I fortunately have a couple of other advocates that I'm gonna be hooking up with, but it's still expensive to get us out there and stay out there, right? They, we don't get the money for this. Everything that we do for advocacy is out of our own pocket. Right. And that's one of the challenges, you know, is being an advocate. It's hard enough being an advocate as it is. Then it's even harder when you have disabilities to manage. I mean, we're trying to manage all my infusions in between my activities right now. It's kind of like I live my life between infusion treatments and doc doctor visits and injections and everything else and pain pump refills and so forth. And then also having to pay for your own way and managing your own way, everything else. It's, it's definitely not an easy job and not an easy task, which is why there's not a lot of us that do it. I mean, not only, not of us, not everybody's comfortable talking about their disability or discussing it or sharing the stories about it. I mean, you know, there's lots of hardships and there's lots of triumphs, but it's not an easy thing to do. Yet, to me, I'm very passionate about it because we, to this day and age, we still are hidden in our houses. I mean, insurance companies, their number one concern is what gets you to the doctor and when you need to get them on your house. Anything else, not covered which means anything you need as out of pocket. Those cool wheels that I had, my front wheel that I had that helps me get around outdoors, all out of pocket. You know? um, service animals, that's not covered by insurance. I mean, I'm fortunate I found a wonderful program, um, Operation Freedom Pause, that took care of me. I wasn't aware of that. Thanks, yeah. thanks for sharing. Are you speaking in, are you speaking at the conference? No. I mean, I was, well, what they do is they set us up to speak with our legislators. So I will be doing that. I mean, I'll be meeting with as many legislators as they pair me up with. So I've uh, done that out here for rare disease in district lobby days. I've spoken with legislative staff and with Representative Lofgren. Um, and she was great. You know, we got to speak for a while and you know, she was wonderful. She sat there for over an hour with me and listened to my story. And I, my nine-year-old was, no shaking doors. <laughs> my nine-year-old was with me and you know, she was asking what the hardest thing is, right? And for me, the hardest thing as a parent is knowing that my children fear for my death. I mean, it's like, that's the hardest part because they fear they're gonna lose me and I don't have any way, I mean, it's not very likely, but I don't have any way to assure them not that anybody does, but they fear more so because they've seen me, you know, they fortunately have not seen me intubated, but they have seen me in some pretty bad states before. Um, fortunately, the two times I've been intubated, they have not been there. One was during surgery and one was at a conference that I um, did a listen to my dog who was alerting me and I decided to keep on pushing and not listening, which was a bad thing. And then I lay down on the ground, I still didn't listen to him. And eventually I told everyone that I was taking a nap because my blood pressure was plummeting and I knew I needed to raise my legs. Didn't know I couldn't lay flat. And so I ended up passing out and uh, he alerted everybody around me and his alert is why they called the paramedics, which ultimately led to me being intubated so that I could breathe. So um, that was great. I mean- well, Thanks for sharing. I mean, that was a life experience. He's my, he's my little hero. He truly, I mean, not only does he do so much for me, but he truly did save my life that day. And uh, that's that's a tremendous thing, you know. He's definitely been is my there, buddy. Let me ask you, is there any upcoming projects besides the conference that you're working on? I feel like you should write a book about this, about your life and everything. I do, I mean, everyone keeps on telling me that I just don't have the time yet. <laughs> because I'm a, time. A, time. Well, because I do so much of scouting. I mean, I work with Cub Scouts and I work with Scouts BSA. And right now I'm also starting to work with the Magical Bridge Foundation. Uh, I've, anybody, it's an amazing program. Uh, they have a program they started in uh, Palo Alto, Lanka and uh, Jill, and they started a program that's an inclusive park 
for people of all types of disabilities of all ages, uh, including places for design specifically for people with autism and for people with auditory sensories and uh, all different types of abilities and challenges of all ages so that people that are adults who have cognitive abilities challenges may still come to a park and enjoy themselves, whether it's as a helper in their kindness program or as a, a part of that, uh, just having fun in the park, right? And so I've been helping out with that now. I'm starting to join some of their STEM programming and helping now when they bring it to Morgan Hill as well. Um, I joined up with some of their STEM activity programs last weekend and took some photos and did some STEM programming with them as well. So uh, that's been another area of mine too, so. <laughs> that's amazing. Maybe in our next interview, next follow, you're gonna have something written down some parts of your book written. It's hard, you know, I, I think it's- You it's out on a plane. It's true, I mean, it's part of the problem is, is that I'm either going or crashing, you know, and much to, much to the dismay of some of my, my specifically my home infusion nurse, she's like, yeah, you need to find that balance and I don't have that balance. Oh, you know yet. what you could do, like my suggestion, you have, they have these apps where you could dictate, where you're good at talking, you don't have to type everything up or write everything. Right. I used to use voice. You could use voice and then it types everything for you. Right, I that use voice. Would, that would, at least, at least you have a draft. Yeah, yeah. you're happy for those guys. You know, I was like, wow, every, she's like, have you used Zoom? She's like, I haven't. Have you used well, this? I haven't. I did work in a computer lab in college. And I was like, do you know Instagram stories? She's like, of course. Wait, <laughs> you know, one, my husband's a computer. I mean, people, people that don't do social media a lot doesn't know how to do it. Even right. My husband's a computer I, geek. I grew, I grew up with that, you know, my... And I, I was so surprised when you're like, hey, you know everything. So it makes everything, life a lot easier on my end. Well, in college, I worked in disability computer lab, a computer lab for people with disabilities. So I worked with everything from brain injuries to people with visual impairments, and we helped convert things to Braille. I actually ended up helping people with a, who wrote in a... They were deaf, who were writing in ASL, to translate their papers into English because I also, at the time, took sign language. So I was able to help convert ASL papers into English papers because awesome. a lot of my friends were writing in ASL. Yeah. So, but I learned about voice recognition because unfortunately, when I started college, I typed verbatim. And within a couple of years, especially when I tried to do wheelchair basketball, I destroyed my hands. So that was like the last thing to go. I mean, my neck was already gone. My back was already gone. You know, I was already wearing full break, leg braces and full back brace and have a neck brace. So, and finger braces, but that was just kind of the icing the cake for my fingers. For a long time, I couldn't even like type at all or sign my name or anything because I destroyed it trying to do the wheelchair basketball. Um, I just still do have to have sports. I just can't do the same way. So where could they find, where could people find you? Obviously, you're gonna go to DC so they can find you there. But right. when they're uh, not in DC, give us your social media. I got your Facebook, so I'm gonna link everything below. I have your Instagram. Right. Right. So oh, yeah. What I like to do before you get into that, I like to, what I usually do is go into the Instagram and find three pictures and I want you to tell about it really quickly. Okay. Because this is a new thing that I'm doing on my interviews. Oh, tell people your Instagram again. It's Crafts on Wheels. Yeah, it's at Crafts on Wheels. Crafts. Okay. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> yeah, so it's right here. For you guys, right here. All right. Oh yeah, look at this. I, I like. I want to talk about this. This is the zebra. Oh, this is the zebra that you were talking right, about. Right. Yes, that's one of my braces that I'm making uh, for zebra for Elder Stanlos and Rare Disease Week. And then, oh yeah, this. Oh, can you tell somebody? <laughs> this was San Francisco. <laughs> I was San Francisco. Okay, that was my artistic version. 
hold on, be Ethan. My son's coming in from the door. Um, that was my artistic version of the Orthodox Jews salt, uh, salt taffy. So it ended up being that there was a kosher deli right around the corner from where we were, where the hotel hostel was. And I've never, I have not been to a kosher deli in I don't know how many years. So I love that they named it Orthodox Jews and it was a, Jew, a Jewish tradition. So. That was the store and you showed me that. And last one before we head out. Oh, I think my son's gonna pop his head Hi. <laughs> hey, that's you, look. You <laughs> <laughs> that was when you made your first bracelet. You, you gave me permission for that. Oh, you did. You didn't know. <laughs> no, he yes. gave permission for that. He what made me. That's the oh. bracelet that you made. Is that the keychain? Yes. Yes. So he. This is the story. This is the first bracelet that he made. Yes, it was the first bracelet he made. He started helping me try to make bracelets and. uh was getting involved with me, so he's definitely crazy. I love these, to be honest. Yeah, let's see, love is love. I love these. I'm just trying to find another one. Wow. You make cards too, right? I do, yes. So I make a lot of cards. I've been working a lot with the Ultimate New. Uh, thank you. Oh, he wanted me to show you the Hanukkah ones. We also got, we got a Hebrew fonts. So. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, but so I do make cards. I started doing uh, the certification program with the Ultimate New stamps. And uh, yeah, so that's my beadwork with the uh, cards. And, and so I do a lot of stamping. I know we did more than three posts today, but. <laughs> See, he is a very patient dog and he also obviously stuck with me a lot in the hospital. <laughs> and your kids? Yeah, we were on our way back. We were on our way back from um, BlizzCom. Yeah. BlizzCom, we went to BlizzCom. I was so tired. And they were crashed out. I was, not more. And more of you. What's your name? I didn't even get your name. Ethan. Hey, hi, Mr. Ethan. I'm from, I'm, I'm in New York right now. So. Oh, this is very interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about this before we head out? Okay, yeah. So I started trying That's to do first. team building workshops with my, uh, my intent. So the idea of coming, bringing together people to uh, learn how to communicate together better and share experiences as well as develop your intention word. And then I'm working on making bracelets for those individuals as well. So I kind of combined it as a positive mindset workshop as well as a um, team building work program. Right. Okay, so where could people find you before we head out? So I have the Instagram already. Is that the Instagram and Facebook? And of course, I'm in, I'm in Morgan Hill, California. <laughs> so you can find me there. and. Um, Reach, how, do, how can they reach you out if anybody having, you know, if anybody want to help out or like support? Um, uh, so message me. Link, I'm going to link the bracelet. You have the website for the bracelet, right? So. Right. And so if you also message me through my Facebook account or my, um, I have two Facebook okay. Caps on Wheels, Facebook Crafting for a Cause. I'll make sure people like them, like them too. Share, you know. Right. We are always open for help because we're Crafting for a Cause. We really want to create an inclusive community. So anybody who wants to help out, great. I mean, especially if you're a card maker or any kind of crafting. We have on this end in San Francisco, we have a children's hospital. And I'm actually gonna be making some bracelets that deliver to there as well. Mm. And if people wanna make cards or programs for people, we have a whole veterans programs out here. We have people who would be very happy to receive something who wouldn't necessarily receive anything. So if you have something you wanna do, 
you want to help us out, all the best, you know. And if you want to help, and, and when I when I saw you and when I you know know that was like I was aware of what you're doing, I was like, oh, I have to share this. That's why we want to set this up. And unfortunately, the video will be better if I'm physically there. But we made it work, though. <laughs> we made it work. So we like, share, and like you know, spread the awareness, you know, and and follow you know Deborah and, and her journey. And hopefully, you know, I'll get to travel to you or come to DC. I don't know my schedule yet. Okay. Time, I'll swing by, you know, but let's that see. That would be awesome. Yeah, let's see what happens. So many people out there, we've got, and we all have so many stories. I mean, there's and our project, remember what we got to talk about? Like, you have nobody to film you, and you do a lot, you know what I'm saying? So, right. because of my work, you know, that didn't happen, but, you know, I would love to film. You know, your house it like a day or what? Like, you know, a day. I love that. You know, because reality is this year, I want to not only talk about the good a day days. of that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but the bad days. And what's interesting is that, you know, one of the things people just say, like, we were talking about, we don't, we hate when people say, oh, you look beautiful in your chair. Like, as if I wouldn't be pretty if I wasn't in my chair or something. But I just got, my husband just gave me like the best compliment when he was doing an introduction to me about me to somebody else about all the things that I do. And, he, and I thanked him because it was such a great introduction. He turned around and he goes, but you do so much. He goes, and he goes, despite the wheelchair, despite the disability, he goes, you do much for anybody. He goes, and the fact that you do it with your disability is even more impressive. It is. That's why I was like, let's let's create this video. Let's, you know, put it out there. Let's let people, not saying that you don't have videos out there or content. I'm saying well, like I mean, I my crowd, my crowd, my, my crowd, my following, you know, let them know or be aware of what's going on. You know? Right. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of us out there in public in the front lines, kind of sort of speak with, 100%. you know, and also like my, most of my disorders are invisible disorders. I just happen to be more progressed than most people with my disorders. Not disorder. a lot of people talk about it, so. Exactly. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard to admit what you can't do, right? It's hard to admit your, the, not, it's not failures, but the challenges that you have, right? Obviously for chronic pain, and there's many times I'm not getting out of bed. I mean, just the concept of getting my medication can be too overwhelming because I can't move, right? And right. then there are days that I'm functioning pretty well, and it's really, it's a hard balance between the two. And it's also hard, you know, when you're talking about the videos, right? It's really hard to video myself trying to get around exactly. because I'm struggling to get around as it is. That is really Again, too bad. Like, you know, you're on the West Coast. I'm in the New, I'm in New York. You know, there's no way that I could be there. But if you're in New right. York or if I'm in Washington or something, we can make something. Right. I would love to do that for one day and like capture yeah. everything. That'd be great. I mean, last time I was in D.C., uh, it wasn't a very easy access. I was there my senior year in high school for the Youth Presidential Congress that they have there, you know, when, when the eight states send representatives. And we couldn't find a way to get into the Congress building. I was actually carried in up the stairs, a lot of stairs when you go to U.S. Congress. Um, so hopefully this year it'll be a little bit easier when I go over there. Um, they, they do. I mean, they are. And more awareness is being brought to things. And yet, at the same time, I mean, just as a side of my, my sensitive sister-in-law was concerned about the wedding venue that they were having because of the fact that the ramp was in the back and they weren't sure about it. And my brother-in-law was like, well, she's used to it already. It'll be okay. And it was sweet that she cared, but it was also another point where, you know, people with disabilities access are always typically in the back or further away from everybody, kind of hidden, you know, and sometimes it's for, for actual logistics. And other times, I mean, you know, like, which would be a whole other story of how treatments were when I was in a power chair. You know, it was very different than when I'm in a manual chair. And there's a reason why I did my best to be, besides being physically active and being able to be more mobile and getting into Lyft vehicles and, and other, you know, Ubers and stuff. Um, there's a reason why I try to be in a manual chair as, much, as long as I possibly can. And it had a lot to do with the treatment that I had when I was in college and graduate school and, and law school. 
you know, so. All right, Deborah, let's connect soon. Um, you know, okay. time is wrapping up right now. So let me um, edit this and then so that way I can post it and share it and I'll let you know when it's up. Thank um, you. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in and thank you, Deborah, for your time and thank you for Peter for showing up and Ethan and Ryan <laughs> that participated. Yeah, I'm going to link everything below so you guys can check it out. Um, yeah, and then, you know, if there's any updates and if there's any articles, just let me know. I'll update the page, you know, so I can link below and then hopefully, you know, we could share this and bring awareness. And again, this is good content because in case you want to speak or in case you want to um, you know, tell other people, like you already said, you know, said most about yourself in the video. So I do. I really want not only as a person with rare diseases, but as a parent with rare diseases, because that was a whole other ball game when you're a parent and not always able to function. I mean, fortunately, my kids are older now. So on my bad days, they help me. Actually, a lot of times they put me to bed uh, because I'm pushing myself too much. And yet there's still a whole series of guilt that goes with that when you can't do what you used to be able to do, especially when you lose the ability to drive. You know, in a town, you know, public access is not the same thing, you know, in New York City where you can hop on the subway. You don't really have that in a small town in Morgan Hill. You know, uh, you're lucky if you can get an Uber in the middle of the day. Uh, <laughs> you can get in the morning and the night, but in the middle of the day, not so easy. Um, and so that's a whole other ballgame that there's lots of different, you know, challenges and things that ways that we've had to accommodate for me and my family and things that they have to do with me. So right. it's a, definitely lots of Well, it's a new year, so we have a lot of things ahead of us, so. And remember, at one point I want to talk about adaptive sports. I mean, you can link my, wet, my wedding dance, but I mean, I've done Oh yeah, I am going to link that. I am going to link that. You sent, you sent it to me, so I'm going to link I've done sled hockey. I've done, you know, I, I'm not, I, okay. I use a sled hockey to ice skate. I didn't go sled hockey, but I use a, a sled sky, a ski to ice skate. I've done the water skiing and the jet skiing and the sailing and the kayaking and the surf kayaking. So, um, and at one point, adaptive taekwondo, first with a walker and then with my wheelchair before my next last like, last next surgery. Um, so I kind of, you know, I've adapted a lot of things to do the way that I can do. <laughs> I find a way, you know. Find a way. When there's a will, there's a way, you know. Yes. Uh -huh. There's actually an article out there about when there's a will, there's a way that was done at Truckee about PETA and me a couple years back. Uh, can you share that? Can yeah, yeah. Share. Share. I, I just have to remember when I said that to you that, yep, there's yeah. a story about that too. All right, guys. See you later. Thank you right, so thanks much. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye, guys. Remember, I used to do a lot of public like meetings. I mean, you know. No, we, this I'm, is amazing. Not everybody could do even like people that does public. Like I, I did like a movie event where this guy is from New York Times or something, and he was like stuttering the whole interview. Oh, really? So, yeah, and he's from New York Times, and he's been doing it. Like he's been out there. You know what I'm saying? That's why they have him. And it was a and it was an embarrassment because you know you you have a name attached to you, especially in New York Times. Right. You're like stuttering and don't know what question to ask, and it makes the other person uncomfortable answering. Right. And you never you should never make the other person uncomfortable. I was gonna say you made me very confused. I mean, I was you know, <laughs> thank you. Which way to go, right? I mean, there's so much to share, and there's so much. No, there is a lot to share. So I happened to be last weekend it was really cool when I was just mentioning it. Was that I had gone to to the Magical Bridge Playground to go take pictures, right? Because they were having Miss America, California, Miss Wheelchair, California, come and do a speech. But the person who came was also doing a STEM program. And they kind of pulled what I call a me, where everything is not really prepared yet. You know, you have everything, but not cut up or... Anyway, so I ended up stepping in, helping up doing the STEM. 
And now I'm going to be working with them with the STEM because they were pretty impressed that I was also an advocate and a STEM person. And they're like, wow, you do both too? <laughs> I'm like, yep. So we're actually going to be working together this weekend. And my and I got some good shots. In between all that, I got a couple of really good shots that they're going to use uh, for their social media and possibly even some of their um, selling points, you know, some of their paraphernalia for the uh, Magical Bridge Park. So I was all excited because, you know, one of my things that you want to do is there is do family photos for people who have special needs kids, right? Because at the park, they can have time to open up and get more comfortable and have time to go play and then work their way out, especially if somebody's on the spectrum. So, you know, because they don't have, they, you know, they can't sit there and just take a picture immediately and look at you, right? They're not gonna, they're not gonna be able to do that. So having the time to go and play around and come back and get it and be able to work with that, you know, I got some cool pictures that way. And so that's another proposal I made with them for me to do photos as a family Photoshop, as a family photo program with these kids so they have the time. That's why you're so busy. <laughs> you're involved with everything. Well, it's hard. I have a lot of hobbies and a lot of interests. I mean, I've been doing photography since I was 13, you know, and it's, a, it's something I've always loved. And of course, I can't go do a wedding because I can't exactly get around that easily. <laughs> Nor, obviously, I have down days that are not functioning, so I don't want somebody to be obviously dependent on that. And I can't work full time. So, but photography has always been a huge part of my life. As my father's, as my grandfather's hobbies as well. I mean, so it's as well as obviously they were both teachers. So teaching has always been an aspect of my life too. So, um, and then my dad raised my brother and me with politics. So my brother is in, pol in politics in New York, in Albany. And uh, I'm, you know, kind of, you know, ish there with, because I can't really do full-time politics, but still doing political advocacy. Yeah. And hopefully one day get to find somebody who can put pressure on the law schools so I can finish my law degree. So, which is a whole other story, but. Your family. <laughs> five units away from that law degree. Do you know how hard that is? Do it, do it. Part time, you know, little by little. Well, the part, the, um, it's not that, it's I, they won't let me finish my degree because it's past the ABA accreditation time. So it's only up to the law school to make the discretion or the exception at their discretion. Okay. And they chose not. And I don't know, I'm, every lawyer I talk, talk to goes, that seems so unfair, but nobody specializes in that. And so and then everyone goes, you went to what when you're in law school? So like, and you managed to still finish it? I go, yeah, all but five units. So, but I haven't found anybody who's like able to go to bat for me against law school. Because nobody goes to right, bro. I have to wrap up now. All right, I will let you go. Continue. We'll continue the conversation though. Totally. All right. <laughs> if anything, we'll have a meeting while you're in Washington. That would be awesome. Thanks so All much. Right, let me get going. Let me connect with you soon. Again, I Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year again. It's <laughs> All right, tell, tell Peter I say bye. Tell Ethan oh. I say bye. Tell your family I say bye. I think my, my youngest is I'll text you. I think my youngest is probably cuddling with him right now. <laughs> All right, I'll see you later. All right, bye now.